1: Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link, here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, I'm hitting the road tomorrow. Good old-fashioned American road trip. Uh, I'm a little nervous, I gotta say. I got this kind of nervous energy. I'm excited, but I've never taken a, you know, I guess not fully cross-country, but uh, halfway across the country. I've never done that alone. You ever done that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I have. It's, it's, I thought it was really fun. Um, I think you'll have a blast. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's an, it's an adventure for sure. Yeah. Um, do you have your Not Italian it eateries lined up?
1: <laughs> That's a good call because I'm going to have to make several stops as many stops for Italian sandwiches as possible.
2: You'd be wasting the whole trip if you didn't really do your due diligence on that front.
1: Yeah, that's. I'm glad you reminded me because I think maybe I just need to like find do a nationwide search and at least pinpoint a few that I have to stop at. I think that's uh, probably a must tonight before I hit the road. But I was gonna say, you know, who's got an underrated sandwich here in Madison, Wisconsin? Uh, Pincus McBride, Pringus McBride, no, uh, Pincus McBride Market, I guess. Uh, pretty good deli sandwiches, so. I uh, wanted to mention that, but looking forward to it. I do, uh, I have done it a few road trips, of course, but never by myself. So I'm a little, you know, I got that kind of nervous energy, but I'm excited to see my brother, uh, my young niece and nephew. I haven't seen in close to two years. What's new in you, your world, James, before we get underway with the prospect talk today?
2: Uh, I just joined a NFBKC uh, draft champion, so I'm, I'm, getting ready to do my first NBA draft of the year. So uh really look forward to that, but um, nice. Who's yeah, your I mean, look- uh,
1: sleeper in, in that NBA fantasy this year? Oh
2: man. Uh, Who's your must have uh, guy? Well, well, I I've got a lot of guys. I mean, I, you know, it's a snake draft. I don't think I can really have a must have guy per se, but um, mm. like Terrence Mann is a guy for the Clippers that is outside of the RotoWire top 200, who would be, pretty close to my top 100 personally, so uh, he's super underrated uh, to me, but um, yeah, I don't want to bore people with that. I know that there's barely any crossover um, from baseball to basketball, uh, so happy to get into the prospect up.
1: Nice. Well, you had a good idea. I really liked your topic today. One under-discussed prospect per team. We've we touched on so many, but there are also so many guys in the pipeline for all these organizations, and it's easy to overlook certain ones. I'm glad uh, you took the time to, to hand-pick one under-discussed prospect per team. Anything else you want to add on this topic before we dive in?
2: Yeah, so we'll do the American League this week. We'll do the National League next week. So it'll be 15 guys today, 15 guys next week. Um, and I, and there are guys who every single one of these guys is on the top 400. but they range from, like, there's one guy who's in the top 15 who I just don't think gets enough uh, discussion. And then there's guys, you know, at the the very back of the list and everywhere in between. So if you're in a really shallow keeper league where you just roster, like, one prospect, there might be a guy in here for you. If you're in a super, super deep league where almost everyone in my top 400 is rostered, I think there will still be a guy in here for you. So, um should be fun. And obviously, you know, these are guys, some of these guys I we have talked about before, but I really wanted to try to find um, someone in each organization who just, for whatever reason, we, we haven't spoken about um, if possible.
1: So with the Orioles, we'll kick things off with Baltimore. Drew Rom is your pick for the under-discussed prospect who deserves a shout out here. Lefty, 21 years old. I know maybe this organization isn't, quite as far along as as they should be but do they have a gem here and drew rom
2: gem would be a little strong but uh they have a guy who checks a lot of boxes for me in terms of a undervalued pitching prospect um you know he, he fills up the zone he's a lefty he's got a deceptive delivery uh he's he's really fun to watch pitch um uh, he's had a a K minus walk percentage over 20% at every full season stop so far. So, you know, he doesn't have that monster velocity. I think he's, you know, low 90s, but uh, the results have been there. The command um, seems to be a strength with him and yeah, just I don't hear Drew Rahm discussed very much. I, I understand. I mean, Baltimore pitching prospects, you know, it's it's hard to get super excited unless they they really have that immense upside. But uh Rahm is a guy who I, you know, I think is worth rostering in, in a good amount of deeper leagues.
1: And Nick York for Boston, he's one of those guys who, you know, at the top you mentioned we have talked about before, but uh probably not enough because he seems like He's been a huge riser this year, Nick York. I remember some talk about when he was drafted. Maybe it wasn't all that exciting of a pick, but uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it looks pretty darn good
2: a couple years later. Yeah, you know, I just think he and he he has been talked about plenty, um, you know, on other shows, and I, we've obviously mentioned him at times. But uh, I think he's a guy who could be a top twenty-five prospect this off season um, he's I'd say he's closer to being inside the top 25 than outside the top 50. Like in my mind right now, I know he, I think he's a little bit outside the top 50 on the actual rankings, but uh, Nick York, I mean, he's, he's got one of the best hit tools in the minors already and already getting to that power. So uh, really nothing negative to say about him. And I think um, now is a good time to maybe try to buy high, on uh, Nick York, um, I would I would definitely recommend just kind of poking around if, if trading is still open in your league.
1: Still only nineteen, right, Nick York? That's, yep, uh, that's pretty crazy. Jose Rodriguez, just a year older, twenty two. He's your pick for the underdiscussed White Sox prospect here. A uh, pretty bland name here, but not a not a bland prospect.
2: Well, yeah, I mean the white sox system obviously is is pretty uh cleaned out in terms of talent that's worth discussing, but I don't even think we have talked about him yet, and that's that's you know our fault i mean he he certainly deserves a little bit of discussion uh, you know he's he's twenty years old like you said he's at high a or actually he just got bumped up to double a I should say um and that, I mean, that's really impressive just right there. The fact that he opened at low A and is already up to double A in his age 20 season. Uh, he's, he's a pretty aggressive hitter, but so far it's, it's worked for him. And, and, you know, he had a 10% strikeout rate at high A as a 20 year old. Like that's, you know, it's really impressive back to ball. Uh, I think he, you know, I think the reason maybe they gave him that bump to double A is just to give him a bit more of a challenge in terms of. Will that aggressive approach work in the upper levels, but, um, you know, he's showing he can hit for power at a pretty young age. He's got a a nice, um, athletic frame. Uh, he, he has a chance to stick at shortstop. Um, you know, he's stolen 30 bases that's overselling his speed by, by quite a bit, but he could be like a double digit stolen base guy. Um, just a you know a pretty under the radar guy in a very shallow system, but uh, someone who is uh, probably a top two hundred prospect, maybe even a top one hundred and fifty prospect at this point. Hmm.
1: Very nice one. Uh, yeah, you've talked a lot about you're not reading too much into minor league stolen base numbers, and yeah, that, that round number of thirty looks nice, but he's also been caught ten times, and you would temper expectations in that department. Sounds like, but yeah, three hundred one. Average 339 on base, 471 slug between his three levels this year, 14 homers. Looks like a pretty nice player to be doing that at age 20 across those three levels, Uh, Jose Rodriguez. Next up here, James, we have Cody Morris. You love this Cleveland system. Cody Morris, not a guy we've talked about, I don't think, at any point. He's a little old. 24, but do you think he's going to be a an impact piece for Cleveland, Cleveland Guardians?
2: When he well, he's got uh, one thing working for him that we love in pitching prospects, and that's proximity. He's at AAA, as you said. He's he's 24, and the results have been really impressive. Uh, one caveat is that he's mostly going four innings. Now that's, you know, that's partly to just manage his workload. I don't think that they're saying he he, can, he can't go five, he can't go six. Uh, but um, that, you know, whenever you you see a guy that's got these crazy stats, like I think he's got an ERA under one, a whip under one over his last, like seven starts, um, 38 Ks and 28 in the third innings. Uh, you want to see, you know, how many innings is this guy going per outing? Because, like, if he was going five, six, seven, um, then you'd be really, really impressed. Because then he's turning lineups over multiple times and being that effective. Uh, in this case, you know, I think we we have to be very impressed, but um, we're not going crazy. Like, he's not a top 100 prospect yet, but given Cleveland's uh, success developing guys, you know, Morris has. Uh, yeah I think the fastball could be a plus pitch for him uh, curveball change up are, are solid uh, the the command this year has been a, a bit of a step forward for him that had been something that maybe would have relegated him to the bullpen but so far so good on that front this year and a guy who i don't you know i don't think we probably see him in the majors this year but he's gonna set himself up to maybe compete for, a rotation spot early next year. So, you know, that that part of it's pretty exciting, just given that he's a pitching prospect.
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, like to do the blanket appeal to authority too much. But with Cleveland, man, they've just been so good with developing pitching. Cody Morris will probably be on my radar next year. And that kind of reminded me, you know, it feels good to be vindicated a little bit on Cal Quantrill in the end. Um, Where do you think he's going next year, Cal Quantrill? Top 150,
2: probably. Ooh, I, yeah, I don't think quite that high. Um, I mean, you could poke around. A, a, I think it's probably pitched over his head a little bit. Like, I mean, I think we liked him. And I think he's definitely delivered on that investment, especially if you got him in a draft Champions League or, or some sort of draft and hold. But, um, you know, I think you you... Pull up the hood and look around. I think he's more of a guy who belongs in that sort of 150 to 250 range for next year. Uh, but I, yeah, it's been a a great success story. And um, I was I was listening to uh, Chris Welsh and Chris Blessing talk about uh, the Padres' pitching development woes in recent years, and I I hadn't really thought that much about that um, just because they've they've got such a talented roster and everything, but it is kind of true that they really haven't successfully developed many of their own pitchers, you know, they and maybe that's why they've been so aggressive in trying to trade for guys, even guys who sort of seem like damaged goods uh, just because they, they really have struggled on that front. So um, good to get Quantrill out of there. And obviously Cleveland seems to be getting the most out of
1: it. Yeah, that is interesting. And, Yeah, it seemed like everything was set up so well for that Padres organization long term, but they really haven't, as you said, on the pitching side, developed these guys. And Mackenzie Gore has kind of been the poster boy of that issue. But I saw he had a pretty good start at Double-A recently, so maybe he's uh, getting back on track. Obviously, a guy we'll continue to monitor closely. For the Tigers, Christian Santana, youngster who's uh, only 17. That's so crazy, man! These guys aren't even adults; <laughs> just killing it on on baseball fields. Hey, by the way, I'm so pumped to see my little nephew play baseball. He's got a game on Saturday, so I've never seen him play before. And then we're going to the we're going to Nationals Park, so I'll be able to cross that one off the list. Um, but what can you tell us about this youngster for the Tigers, Christian Santana?
2: Well, I'll be honest. There there really weren't many Tigers prospects who fit the description of this episode, you know, like we've talked about Riley green, Spencer Torkelson, Jackson job. And then, you know, after that, it's kind of like, I don't really want to talk about any of these guys, but uh, Christian Santana is, is a guy who I was probably a bit too low on at least initial returns, maybe suggest I was a bit too low on um, from this past J two class. And, you know, he's, He's 17, like you said, which is what we're looking for in the DSL. Um, he's a, he's a bigger physical shortstop, uh, maybe a third baseman long-term. So, you know, that's, that's kind of a couple boxes checked right there and uh, strikeouts, you know, 22%. That's higher than I'd like to see in the DSL, but given that he's 17 and that he's walking a lot, uh, we can maybe let that slide and he's definitely getting the power in games. So Uh, successful pro debut for Christian Santana and while it's damning with faint praise he's one of the Tigers five best prospects probably at this point
1: well before we move on we'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be back
0: momentarily we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Now we're back on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Winbet. Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson, talking one underdiscussed prospect per team in the American League on this show. Then we'll do the National League next week. For the Astros, Alex Santos, another team, 19 right-hander. Um, what can you tell us about Santos,
2: who we haven't, I don't think we've mentioned on the show once. Yeah, I mean, we if we did mention him, it was maybe back uh, during the twenty twenty draft process. But uh, he's, you know, he's. If you just look at his season statistics at low A, you might not be that impressed. You might look at the walks and uh, be worried. But I just think, given his athleticism, given the fact that he's nineteen, um, you know, he's got really impressive stuff. He's got a, a plus curveball already, and uh, he knows how to use the fastball up in the zone. Um, Trevor Huth has a lot of good videos of him on, on Twitter and mentioned how he, he was pitching backwards, uh, in a start earlier this year, like landing the curveball and then getting guys to the fastball. Um, and he, and like I said, he's just 19. Uh, he's really athletic. He's projectable. So, you know, the fastball, it's currently kind of a low nineties pitch, but, um, uh, room for improvement on that front and after a bit of a slow start he's got a 303 era and a 119 whip with 40 strikeouts over the last 32 and two thirds uh has not pitched since september 2nd and is not on the il so not exactly sure what's going on there that's definitely something to monitor um you know if he was on the il i'd pretty concerned and I would not have had him as the, the Astros guy to talk about here, but for now, we'll just sort of hope that he's okay. But uh, yeah, Santos, I think has a re- really high ceiling. I haven't seen him discussed very much. And um, you know, this Astros system is, is really not in great shape, but they have a lot of sort of slightly interesting pieces. Um, and he, he's definitely near the top of the list on the pitching side.
1: You know, as if things couldn't get any worse for the Reds, who are just brutal right now. A uh, the guy they DFA'd, Jose Siri, going <laughs> off. Not really a prospect, but he used to be a prospect of some repute. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he had a multi-homer game, two homers, three bags, and seven games.
2: Um, well, he's super guy, toolsy. Yeah. I mean,
1: guy
2: he's that you go really chasing tools-y.
1: that hot streak, but... You love that category, Juice. It looks like several teams, he was just a free agent for a long time, minor league free agent. Um was dfa DFA'd, I mean, he, and then DFA'd hit by tool, the
2: Giants. His hit tool has always been incredibly suspect. So, I mean, he, he's kind of like, I don't know, maybe like Keon Braxton, but a worse defender. Like, so mm-hmm. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't freak out. Now, like maybe the Astros – Fix something. I mean, we, we've we seen late bloomers before, but uh, there's a reason all these teams let him go, um, mm-hmm. despite all those tools.
1: That's just a name that we haven't talked about in a long time, kind of a blast from the past. Uh, for the Royals, Nick Lofton. By the way, I was hoping the Royals would bring up Bobby Witt after he reached a nice round number in the home run department seems like that ship has sailed but uh nick Lofton, another middle infield prospect uh, what do you think is he a 2b is he one of your as you love these 2b prospects is he a is he a second base prospect
2: uh i think he's a guy who would just fit in wherever you needed him uh if if there's an opening at shortstop you could probably let him be your shortstop if if shortstop's occupied then he can handle second base just fine um, he, you know, you'd think I would like him a bit more than I do, just given the fact that he is maybe a second baseman and does make a ton of contact. Uh, you know, he's, he's, I think he's just one of those guys who kind of, he could be undervalued by everyone and then get to the big leagues and be productive. Uh, he kind of has that sort of vibe to him. Um, you know, the one thing that's a little iffy on him is that he's almost 23 and he's still at high a so you know the well the the walk rate and the k rate are very impressive i think you gotta look at that contacts there a little bit and just kind of wait to till we see what he does at double a uh i would shout out jonathan bolan too uh who's recovering from tommy john surgery i mean i he was one of my top breakout guys prior to going under the knife on the pitching side in, in all the minors. So just if you're in leagues where, um, you know, you can still make pickups and it's it's a really deep league, uh, Bolin and then Ricky Venasco with the Rangers are two guys that I would maybe want to have on my roster heading into next year because they'll both be returning at some point next summer.
1: Now on to the Angels. And before we get to your pick of uh, their most underdiscussed. Or at least one spotlighted under under discussed prospect. Did I just see that they promoted this year's first round pick to double A just recently? <laughs> like was the other day.
2: Uh, yeah, that? uh, not, that's not really that surprising. Um, yeah, the they, they fast tracked anyway. Right? They they Spockman. not only do they not only do they push guys, but they specifically target guys like.
1: That are going to help them right
2: away. Yeah, if you're doing a mock draft and you're doing it for the Angels, like, just who's a guy that could be available that could get to the majors fast and help the big league club? Like, that's pretty much who they're going to take. Um,
1: Sam Bachman was who. uh, Yeah, I I think he's a reliever, but we'll see. Doesn't that, I mean, I get that you have Otani, you have Trout, you kind of have to take this route, but isn't this just killing this organization long-term, like? This, this draft philosophy? Like, just draft the guy who you can throw in the bullpen You know, immediate help? I mean,
2: they're they're kind of just screwed no matter what. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't. I don't think they have. Even if they were doing it the right way, it's not like that front office is going to be around to see the fruits of that labor.
1: Yeah, true. So, you know, Bachman, I, I just saw that note recently. And I wanted to mention it. But uh your pick for the utter disgust prospect in this organization is davis daniel another guy he's a little old 24 right hander it looks like he is your sixth ranked prospect in this organization is that right
2: yeah right he's Bach. he's trending up uh on, i mean if i was ranking today i might actually take him over bachman um mm-hmm. he's he's got really impressive stuff he actually kind of reminds me of a cleveland pitching prospect just with the the four pitch mix the the low 90s high spin fastball uh he's he's a guy who had tommy john um i want to say like two and a half years ago um and the angels drafted him in the seventh round and so this is his pro debut uh 2021's his pro debut um so that explains sort of why he's as old as he is uh was recovering from tommy john like when they drafted him and Obviously couldn't pitch towards the end of last year, but uh, he's flying through the minors, opened at high A, he's up to triple A. He's pounding the zone. Um, yeah, like I, like I said, I mean, he can he can get some really ugly swings with with his off-speed stuff and uh, can locate the fastball. And, you know, the fact that he's at triple A, the fact that he's with the Angels, if he stays healthy, we'll probably see him debut next year.
1: I feel like his name should be Daniel Davis instead of uh, Davis Daniel feels like it's uh, reversed. Maybe you can help me with uh, the pronunciation on this Twins prospect. Is it I Rosario? Kala'ai? Just with uh, that apostrophe, I feel like it's I uh,
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. Tricky. Um, but he is, you know, he, his statistics probably are the least impressive of anyone we're going to talk about. but. Um, I just think he kind of ran out of steam in the Florida complex league because there was a time this year when he was just like, I I was trying to uh, snatch him up anywhere I could. Um, let me see if you, if you look at what he did from, uh, the beginning of the year. So like late June, um, through early August, he was slashing 315, 367, 528 with a strikeout rate under 24%. Um, and he, his whole thing like uh, the Twins have had some pretty shaky drafts recently, but uh, Rosario was uh, pretty young for his class and just had ridiculous uh, raw power. And his bat speed is just just, you know, t- almost top of the charts, especially for a guy who's kind of as thick as he is. And he he loves to to flip the bat. Um, I think his, his pro debut or his first pro homer, he flipped the bat, like, as he connected, basically. Like, he was just, like, gone, flip. Like, I'm, like, walking to first base now. Um, That'll get so, you some points in my book. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, I like to see that. And so, you know, he's a guy that the, the bat's going to have to do all the work to get him to the majors. But uh, I think he's he's flashed his potential. He's flashed the downside. Uh, really, just striking out a ton down the stretch. Like I said, I think he's just kind of out of gas. Um, but hopefully, he he puts the work in in the offseason and kind of can improve his endurance. Uh, maybe does some cardio uh, because the the quick hands. I mean the power potential here is is really through the roof with Kali Rosario.
1: Yeah, and that's K A L A apostrophe I on that uh, spelling. Now for the Yankees, Evans Everson Pereira is your pick here, and he's one of the few names that we've touched on that I'm I'm familiar with. But you do feel like he's under discussed. Why is that?
2: I I think. Um, any you know, if you look at anything statistically basically since his season started, now like he opened in the complex league, so he hasn't been playing all year, but on the season, he's hitting 312, 413, 694 with 18 bombs in 45 games. And his hard hit rate on Roto Wire is um, 44.4 dark green. Good. Uh, so just really, really elite there. Um, you can definitely point to the strikeouts, but you can also point to, I mean, they're not the strikeouts, you know, it's, it's an issue, but it's not, it's not like he's at like 33% or something like that. Uh, he's below 30%. And he's been age appropriate at least these last couple stops. Like, I mean, he, he might have been a tad old for the complex league, but uh, low A, and now he's up to high A, and uh, still just 20, and he's got big time pedigree. So, I you know, I know people know about Pereira, I, I know people have discussed Pereira and cited you know the hard hit stats and everything, but um. I mean, I just don't think he's getting quite enough love for just how ridiculous his season has been. And he's going to be a really challenging guy to rank during the off season because, I mean, I think you could make a compelling case that he should be like a top 50 guy. Um, but I think you could also maybe say, like, you know, look like he he's striking out a decent amount. He really, really struggled uh, at times prior to this season. How real is it? Um but that you know that hard hit rate is is hard to ignore.
1: Man, I just saw
2: the Reds lineup for today, and we got we got Max
1: Schrock batting second, James. Oh, that'll that'll end the slump. That'll that'll be the slump buster. Uh, that's that's not pretty at all. Now, next up, the A's. They're kind of like on, They're kind of rocky right now. They're still in the playoff hunt, but it seems like. You know, as the Blue Jays surge, like the Red Sox, Yankees and A's just continue to underwhelm. But Zach Geloff is a corner bat that you like down at the low level, low levels of the minors.
2: Yeah. And it, and this was another system kind of like uh, the Tigers where. Really, there weren't many viable options here Uh We've, we've talked plenty about Tyler Soderstrom, who's still on the IL. Um, Max Muncie's off to a bad start. Uh, Pedro Pineda has flash tools, but he, he hasn't impressed all that much with his production. Um, Zach Geloff was their, uh, what was he, the 60th overall pick this year. So he's 21. He's at low A, you know. So he's he's a little old for low A, but this is his pro debut, and you know he's just doing a a ton of damage, um, hitting 349, 440, 642 with seven bombs and 28 games. And I think the power potential was one of the questions on on him uh, coming out of Virginia, and so far he's he's answered that. I mean, at least. You know maybe not at an age appropriate level, but you'd still rather see a guy hit seven bombs in 28 games than hit for a high average but only have one or two homers. And um, he's, a, he's an okay athlete, he's going to stick at third base. So while the A's have uh, had some shaky uh signings and, and draft picks in recent years, it seems like they might have gotten a steal with Geloff at pick 60.
1: Nice. You know, thinking about the A's and their corner infield corner situation got me thinking about a few things and I just wanted to say an, an underrated portion of our site is the rumors section. Now, the rumors section is kept separate from our news because, you know, the sources on news we vet and we have to have strong information, but on the the rumors side we can, you know, run with some speculation a little bit more. And I saw an interesting uh rumor for maybe Dan Marcus, I forget who it was, but he had a note on uh maybe Matt Olson getting moved. And it does seem like that would be a guy that the the A's would flip at some point. And maybe I mean we know Chapman's great defensively, but maybe even though he's still at the low levels, maybe gilloff's kind of fast tracked. I, I don't imagine next year, right? But um maybe he's the, the long term replacement in that in that infield. Um you think he's a good enough defender at third though to stick there? Deal off.
2: Yeah, I think he'd be you know, I, I think you'd try to find someone else at first and you know maybe they move Matt Chapman at some point. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna trade if you're gonna trade Olsen, you might as well move Chapman. Um He's been a stellar,
1: yeah. Defender at third Chapman, but yeah, he could be traded. I could totally see that at some point um most a's it feels like are traded before they uh you know really come into their own before we move on. We have to take a quick break to uh throw to some words from our sponsors hopefully you'll you'll bear with me and then we'll be back to finish strong here. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. It's kind of funny that folks has been like ruined at this point. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, Winbet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. Winbet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. Winbet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, moneyline bets boosted parlays, over-unders, round-robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet Up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. Also, the summer is coming to an end, which means only one month until postseason baseball. There's no better place to be than vivid seats to watch your team race towards the postseason. So grab your MLB tickets, maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game to see your favorite performer, or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. And finally, the new NFL season is finally here, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contests now being shark-free. To celebrate the opening of Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests, including the $1 million baller contest. The $1 million baller contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome. Claim the free ten dollar offer to get started. I mentioned last week I jumped uh, Kyler Murray up and caught some grief. I had a you know only one week, but I, I enjoyed some redemption on set on Sunday. Back to the under-discussed prospects in the American League. We're onto to the Mariners here. Matt Brash another pitcher 23 years old double a uh Mariners have a good one here in Brash
2: Yeah I mean it, it, he's been discussed plenty um on the internet and in podcasts but probably not enough by us and um like he went on his his hottest run of the year right after my last update went live. I mean, he's he'd probably be at least a hundred spots higher uh, than he is if I were to do those today. Um, he's got a chance for four plus pitches, uh, you know, two to four. The changeup and slider are probably already there. Uh, command is kind of something to keep an eye on, but one of those guys where the stuff is good enough that he can he could have success he's got enough pitches and good enough stuff where he could walk a few too many guys and still be okay so um you know he's not the most talked about pitcher in that system obviously george kirby and emerson hancock get most of the love but Brash, Brash's stuff is, is not that far off. If, if not just right there with those guys. I mean, I, I, mean, he might have better pure stuff than Hancock does. So, um, you know, he's, he's someone that even in leagues where, you know, pitching prospects are, are kind of just sitting out there, you can grab a lot of the good ones, whatever you want. Brash might have a high enough ceiling. And in the fact, he's already a double A like, so he'll, he'll probably debut at some point next year. Uh, he's, you know, he's close enough and the ceiling is high enough that I think you could roster him even in leagues where pitching prospects are devalued.
1: He's a top 10 prospect in that organization. According to your org ranks here, Looks like you have Bresh eighth in that system. Um, obviously Kalnick's graduated, Gilbert's graduated. Now that those two guys are out, they still have the, arguably the number one prospect, but how would you grade the rest of the system here for Seattle? Now that the, you know, Kelnick and Gilbert have graduated.
2: Uh, still, still top half, I would say in the minors, um, you know, at, like you said, I me, mean, if Hulu Rodriguez, that's going to count for a lot by itself. Mm-hmm. Then you have Noel B. Marte. So your one, two stacks up with anyone's one, two, and your one, two, three on the pitching side, stacks up with anyone's one two three on the pitching side and you know harry ford gabriel gonzalez you got some upside on the position player side so i mean they're they're still doing very well in terms of their farm system top end talent and depth
1: we talked last week about the 2021 graduates where they'd be going next year and whether we'd be in and i think i'm about ready to wave the white flag on Kelnick. I said last week I was, I'm a stubborn guy and I'd probably be in, but there's just nothing really there that you can really hang your hat on this offseason that I've seen so far. I was high on him as a prospect, but maybe like Shawn Michaels, so to Marty Janetti in the barbershop, I might just have to turn, turn on him, give him the sweet chin music, and just turn my back completely on him. Um, Kelnick may be yeah. dead to me. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, really. how
2: long does it seem? How long ago does it seem when everyone was losing their minds over him hitting that like frisbee with the baseball or, or whatever that was? In <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Oh man, I really thought he was going to be just stud right away. But that this is a humbling game, as we seem to say every week, and um, he's been humbled and I've been humbled. So. The way it goes, Ian Seymour for your the Rays is a pick. This team wandered, by the way. He is not disappointed in any sense, and maybe closing the gap for the uh, rookie of the year. Same with uh, Manoa. Alec Manoa has just been absurd. So I kind of interested in the AL rookie of the year race. It's kind of heating up, but Ian Seymour is a guy you like to contribute down the road.
2: Yeah, I mean he's just had a crazy season uh especially when you factor in that he's a raised prospect he's now he's, he's 22 uh but that typically doesn't really matter if you're in the raise system like you're not gonna get fast-tracked uh, regardless of how old you are but seymour opened the year at low a on like i think at the beginning of july i think he was even late to start the year and his last two starts have come at triple A. Uh, he was bumped up from high A to triple A after I think Shane Boz got scratched for something or, um yeah, you know, so it wasn't like maybe a true we're jumping this guy from double A AA to triple A, but at the same time, like they, they kept him there. They didn't send him right back down and he has not given up a run in 10 innings through two starts at triple A. Uh, it just kind of seems like everything's clicked for Ian Seymour. I mean, like, even a team like the Rays, if they have decided that a guy is just too good to be pitching in the lower levels, uh, it just doesn't make sense by any, you know, you want to manipulate a guy's service time, whatever. Um, if, if you're talking about a pitcher, you need to push these guys. You need to challenge them. And so far Ian Seymour has not been challenged in his last seven starts. He's given up three runs and struck out 56 in 34 innings. So, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't predict it to happen, but, you know, we talk about Shane Boz is probably going to be up as a weapon for them in the postseason. I mean, Ian Seymour I wouldn't I wouldn't one hundred percent rule it out, just given how untouchable he's been in the minors of late.
1: I mean, the Rays really should put push all the chips in the middle, especially with the uncertainty for next year and the, the fact that they just have such a stellar team. They are even getting think, like contributions out of Dietrich ends. Get out of here, Rays! But uh, mentioned that the ship has sailed on on Bobby Witt most likely you do still expect to see Boz obviously for fantasy it's moot it's pretty much too late for him to really help but you do expect him to get his feet wet a little bit these final couple weeks
2: yeah I mean I I don't know when but I would not understand not using him like it just that wouldn't make any sense even if even if you wanted to do just a like what the Padres did with, like, Ryan Weathers last year where he debuts in the playoffs. Like, that would even make more sense to me than just not using him at all when you have that type of arm and you're, you're trying to win a World Series. So, yeah, I, I think we see him, whether whether it's in the regular season or in the playoffs, I do I do think we see him before the end of the year.
1: By the way, I wanted to check in on Carlos Colmaneres, who was a big... Uh, international guy, only 12 games, no extra base hits, does have five bags. Too early to tell. But, um, just wanted to quick check in on Colmaneras finally getting his uh pro career underway. Next up, James Josh Young, he's the name that we've talked about, probably the name that we've talked about most among this group. Um, but uh, on a team like the Rangers, who are just terrible. And, you know, down there in Texas, it's easy to to kind of forget about him. But uh, you expect Josh Young to be maybe not a star player, but a pretty darn good regular for Texas?
2: Well, the reason I mentioned him for Texas, I mean, Texas has has a decent system at this point. And obviously, like Dustin Harris is probably the top pop-up prospect of the year. But I just don't think Young gets talked about enough as an elite, dynasty prospect like he to me he's a no doubt top 15 prospect for dynasty um he's closer to being in the top 10 than in the than outside the top 20 and i just don't know what people you know is he just not exciting i'm, I'm not sure what it is i mean he's at AAA. he's going to spend most of the next year in the majors he's got he's developed um big power to go with what we already knew was was a strong hit tool um yeah i just he he's not going to steal bases so i mean there's one thing that if you want to nitpick but i think he's going to do everything else and he's basically um you know i I don't think he's going to break camp in the majors next year but i mean i think he'd be up at some point in the first half because he's basically mastered the minor leagues at this point so i i don't really know what people want to see from josh young to talk about him as a top 15 dynasty prospect but i think he's there with a bullet right now
1: young back in march had a screw put into his left foot to aid the healing of a stress fracture and i think he spent some time on the covid list or maybe at least for yeah protocols and contract contact tracing and also he's only played in 63 games today you think if he'd played in more he may have forced the rangers hand this year
2: if he'd never i think he the plan was for him to be up this year if he had been healthy like all spring training and like he would have you know if he'd had a big spring he might have opened a triple a instead of double a and then he could have been up quick that way or if he'd opened a double a he would have gotten a quick brush at triple a so you know maybe not um you know, maybe it would have been a Bobby Witt thing where we were just like, oh, he he could be up. Um, but he definitely had a chance to spend a few months in the majors this year if he had stayed fully healthy.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the labor uncertainty throws a wrench in things. But if I'm doing these uh, draft champions, the NFBC this winter, Young seems like a guy I'd really like to target because it seems like there's no way –
2: You know, he's not
1: kicking the door down
2: pretty early. And we talk sometimes about, like, when we're talking about, like, Ray's guys, it's just like, well, this guy needs to get traded or this guy needs to get hurt. Like, you're talking about Josh Young. Nobody needs to get hurt. No one needs to get traded. He just needs to, you know, just do his thing. And there's a spot waiting for him right in the middle of that lineup. Absolutely. Now, finally,
1: Manuel Beltre for the Blue Jays. I assume that's not more bloodline. Coming, is it though? Is it uh, no, not, not to no. my knowledge. Okay, I mean, he's probably related to some baseball player, but not the Adrian
2: Beltran. He plays oh. like he plays like he's been in the game his whole life for sure. Uh, which mm-hmm. you know, he you can
1: kind of see that like just that natural talent from when they're playing at such a young age,
2: and he's uh, so he, he was one of the top. J2 guys, um, this past year. And I mean, that's, you know, that's important pedigree when we're looking, when we're looking at DSL guys, he turned 17 in June. So he's one of the absolute youngest guys playing in the DSL. Um, you know, he's not a very, um, you know, I like I've compared his fantasy potential in the past to Ozzy Albee's, uh, partly just because he is five nine, uh, he's not you know he's not physically imposing, but I think that's important to remember when we look at the fact he's got the two homers in thirty nine games. You know, ideally, if we're talking about DSL guy, he's going to have you know handful of homers, um, and and has just got two. But I think given his his physical dimensions, that's still fine. Like I, you know, a lot of guys that size don't hit any. In their first year in the DSL, and the big thing that really stands out to me, though, is just how in control of the strike zone he is. And part of that is the size. I mean, the you know guys down there just don't have any command at all. So if you're if you've got a smaller strike zone, you're going to walk. But uh, just 22 strikeouts and 31 walks in 39 games, and probably has been a, a bit unlucky on on balls in play. So. Um, you know, really strong debut for Beltre. I mean, he's basically done exactly what you would have hoped he would have done, um, when he debuted. So, uh, just a guy that, uh, you know, we haven't talked about him. I don't think we've talked about him really once this year. We talked about him, um, when the, we were talking about J2 guys, but, um, you know, just a really strong season for him.
1: This Blue Jays team is just absurd right now and, uh, more talent on the way. It's uh, it's been pretty fun to watch what they've been doing. They've kind of like the uh, opposite of the Reds right now, uh, and I know they have one of the best run differentials in the AL. And th- assuming they get into one of those two wild card spots, they could they could uh, really do damage.
2: I'm, I mean, obviously we we're pulling for them because they're just a really fun team. But mm. I also just love that they were willing to have the best offer for a uh, year and a half of Berrios, you know, like, yeah, just really and going they brought in it.
1: Simeon, like Simeon's been unreal.
2: Yeah. They, they really approached, they've approached these last couple of years, like most, I know that, you know, they've, um, I, I just think I, if I were a Blue Jays fan, I'd be really pumped about the acquisitions they've made. I mean, I would not have been pleased with the way they've handled, they handled Rowdy telez but, um, apart from that, I think they, they have done everything right.
1: They could be a threat, man, the postseason. I i don't know. We'll see. But, you know, Robbie Ray's been unreal. And just on this incredible run right now, it seems like nobody can get this these hitters out. Uh, it's been pretty amazing to watch recently. But, uh, James, before we move on to our our picks for walk-up songs, anything else prospect-related on your mind? Anything you want to mention?
2: No, um, next week we'll do the 15 NL guys that we haven't talked enough about this year. And then, uh, the final prospect podcast, uh, that you and I will do this year will be the the following week. And that'll be, I'll be doing a, it won't be a crazy exhaustive update to the top 400. I'm not going to spend like hours and hours and hours on it, but I will get kind of a you know, put a bow on things and then get that thing updated one more time before, you know, we get to the off season, at which point it doesn't get updated at all until my sort of official uh, update that'll go up probably December 1st, I would guess. And at that point we'll start, you know, pumping up the MLB draft kit and everything like that. And, uh, so there, this will be one more update and then a a couple months where I'll just be really doing a ton of work on getting outlooks up and everything like that. And then, um, I'm actually going to continue doing podcasts into the off season, uh, on Wednesdays for the most part every week. So I'll be talking a lot of prospects at that point as well, but we'll be having a lot of guests on. So, uh, yeah, it, this is we're we're coming to the end of of the Prospect pod as you know it for the year but uh the the show will continue in in some form over the off-season.
1: Yeah, man, that's really a byproduct of the, you know, success of the pod and I'm proud of all of us. Uh and thank you for you know, taking that on the Monday through Friday five days a week thing will be ending at the end of the regular season but as you just said, uh, you'll be spearheading an effort to do at least once-a-week pods in the off-season. Uh, less of me, which is a great thing for the listeners. Uh, less is more. Well, well-deserved well, well deserved time oh, off Oh, that's nice of you to say. But, no, I think uh, I'll definitely be checking those out and uh, look forward to, yeah, hearing more of you on the airwaves in the off-season, James. My pick this week for Walk-Up Song, great song that I just recently rediscovered. Styles P and Ferro Monch the life off nice. of I think Soundbombing Three. Yeah, I, I sound bought
2: Soundbombing sound
1: Three. Hell yeah, me too. I remember Soundbombing was kind of like for a you know suburban kid, white kid was kind of like real underground. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like real grimy and the uh, <laughs> you know just the life is great. And we talked about you know maybe some recency bias on. Jada kiss after that versus thing. Maybe Styles P is not getting enough of that because I almost think Styles P is like criminally underrated after uh bumping out some of his tunes recently. I almost go Styles P over Jada, to be quite honest, which I know is real controversial stuff.
2: That is that's a that's almost too hot of a take for <laughs> for the show. <laughs> Yeah, you know uh,
1: Styles P's most famous—I well, don't even know if it's his most famous solo track, but um, I think you can uh, think of that and imagine me jamming it out recently. What's your uh, what's your pick this week, James? By the way, thanks to Andrew Redding for a great
2: selection last. Week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mine is Woo Gambino's by Raekwon. Ooh, um,
1: that's a great
2: one. So we won't be—you know—we're gonna. I'm definitely not going to come to bat during the intro to the song, but I'll come to bat at any other point during the song. Once it once things get rolling, and um, maybe even just that sort of that first kind of into the first Method Man uh, verse, possibly just because I think that's a an awesome first verse for a song. But um, really, anywhere. I mean, this is a long been one of my favorite Wu Tang songs.
1: Yeah, that's a great choice and I'm a little jealous I didn't pick that earlier in the season. Uh great one. Wish me luck on this road trip. Hope I don't crash and burn. Uh should be a lot of fun. And if you have any sandwich recommendations between Madison and you know the DC area, uh hit me up. Might have to, to make a stop. James, thanks for everything, man. Anything else you want to say? Nope.
2: Uh awesome. this is good. We'll we'll talk next week.
1: Sounds good, man. Thanks for doing the heavy lifting, and all the great analysis. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next week on the RotoWire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet.